Well, good morning, everybody. Come on, you can do better than that. Good morning, everybody. So good to be with you all. I love you. I miss you. I miss seeing the whole church family coming together. But of course, we're going through a COVID thing. And, uh, you know, I want you to know that uh, we, we take this very seriously here at Word of Life as far as COVID is concerned. So please don't think that we do anything otherwise. Um, I want to share with you a couple of things that's happened uh, just this, these last couple of weeks. And, uh, maybe most of you don't know, but I'm, a, I'm the chaplain of the Moyers Corners Fire Department as well as pastor here. And uh, I've been doing that now for nearly 10 years. And uh, I, we've had, I've had two different funerals uh, in these last two weeks that were devastating, just devastating. And they always are, as you would know. And so... Um, uh, this yesterday, uh, I did, did another funeral from one of our firemen. There, his dad died, and uh, tremendous, tremendous opportunity, and wonderful, wonderful people. And uh, at the conclusion of this, I always, I pretty much always, when I'm doing a funeral, I talk about the dash, that little, that little dash between those two stone uh, on the tombstone, on either end of the of the of the uh, tomb. And so that little dash is normally what I talk about. And so. Uh, yesterday, I, I'm assuming that there were 30 to 40 people that were in the funeral home, and um, I, I uh, made a visit, uh, invitation for people to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior, and or to begin to make your dash count in a way of helping and serving others. And uh, every single one of the people in that place raised their hand or raised up their heads and acknowledged that that's what they did. Now. I know you don't know any of them, but man, I'm telling you, it was, it was just one of the most exciting things that I've seen happen in a long time. Everybody that was in the room made that decision for Christ and or for making a difference in the lives of other people. That's the theme of my message. Well, of course, we're coming into the Christmas season, and uh, today's message is God is with us in the storm. That's what we're going to be talking about today. You know, I've been doing this. I was thinking back here when I was waiting to come out, I was thinking, you know, this is my 29th year, my 29th year of doing Christmas here at Word of Life. And this is, uh, this is something that I've said. I, I'll, I'll start off my message like I plan on starting off, and that is I've said this for the last, I don't know, 100 years, I'm exaggerating, uh, that I love Christmas. And I mean it. I really do love Christmas. I love the lights. I love the decorations. I love the excitement in the air. I love the Christmas carols. I love people who just seem to be more generous at the Christmas season. Do you agree with me on that? People just seem to be more generous as we get into the Christmas season. Now, I believe that if there is a message to be heard and proclaimed at Christmas for both the believer and the non-believer, as well as the Christian or not yet the Christian, I believe that the message should be, it is a message of hope. I believe that Christmas should be a message of hope. You can say amen whenever you want every now and then. I need to be encouraged, so make sure that you, you do that every now and then. I, I want to remind you today, and I know you've already gotten this, have gotten this information, but our Christmas serv- services on Christmas Eve is just 10 days away from today. In 10 days, we are going to be at our, at our Christmas services, and so I just want to give you another quick lowdown on, on that as well. Uh, on, um, on December 23rd and 24th at 6 p.m., two identical services. They're going to be exactly the same, and so we encourage you to, to uh, get ready for this. We would love to have you with us here. I'll give you more in just a minute. Uh, of course, we're still dealing with COVID here at Word of Life. Oh, by the way, I also want to tell you that there will be no service on 12 27 
7.20. The last Sunday of the month, we're not going to have any church service at all here at Word of Life Church, just so you know. And uh, so, of course, we're still dealing with COVID here at Word of Life. And you need to, you need to decide if you're, going to, if you're going to be coming to Word of Life for the Christmas services that we always have had for many years, or, or if you're going to be online. Of course, the choice, choice is yours. But if you, if you do come to Word of Life, I want to let you know some things. We are still going to be following the six-foot social distancing that we have, and you must wear a mask. You must wear a mask if you're going to be here for the Christmas service. Now, I personally believe, I don't care if it's corona or not. I'm sick of corona. Anybody else sick of corona here in this place? I'm just sick and tired of it. But regardless, I think God is greater, don't you? God is greater than corona. So I believe that if you were to invite your friends, your family, whether you do it at home or whether you're doing it here at Word of Life, I would encourage you to invite them and have them come along because I believe God wants to do something powerful and mighty in the lives of people as we celebrate the birthday of our king. Come on, give me an amen. The birthday of our king. All this Christmas celebration actually, actually comes from God the Father. It is with God, he's the one who brought this whole thing about. It says in John chapter 3, 16, most of us know this verse, whether you're online or whether you're here. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Come on, give me an amen. amen. We'll never perish, but we'll have everlasting life. And then supernatural things began to happen. God was planning and having a thought and supernatural things began to happen at a particular time like, like this teenage girl who has this visitation of a mighty angel. And the message from the angel, Gabriel, to Mary, this teenage girl, the message was, Mary, you have found favor with God. You have found favor with God. And Mary, you are going to have a baby. And not by natural means, but what will happen to you is, is that the power of the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. And you will conceive a son in your womb. And uh, this baby will be unlike any baby, any baby uh, of a, uh, ever of born, excuse me, unlike any other baby born of a virgin. Born of a virgin. For he will be great. And he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And, and of his kingdom, there will be no end. Come on, church. There will be no end to our great God. No end. Mary, this is the one that this world has been waiting for. We're gonna be going through a number of scriptures this morning. You can follow along with a projection or however you wanna go with your own Bible, whatever you'd like to do. Go with me to Matthew chapter one, verse 21, and here we go. She, uh, uh, she will give birth to a son. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. This is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Matthew is about to quote what the prophet Isaiah says about the birth of Christ. We find here in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name, you shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. Now the prophet Isaiah spoke these words some seven centuries earlier. They heard about the coming of the Christ. They heard about the coming of the Messiah. Some uh, seven centuries later, 
they now are beginning to see it unfold before their very eyes. In Matthew chapter uh, one again, verse 21 through 23, and it says these words. (coughs) And she shall give birth to a son, and you shall give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to, to, uh, to fulfill what the, what the Lord said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him, say it with me, they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. Now, this announcement was the most anticipated, the most exciting, the most, the most longed-for message that this world has been waiting for, for some 740 years. When the word was spoken, it was passed from one generation to the next, and it would go to some 740 years that finally the Messiah is coming. The Messiah is here. Now Now the creator and sustainer of the universe, he is with us. God is with us is what the scriptures declare. But listen to this. It goes a little bit deeper than that, that God is with us. Now, uh, no, he is, he is uh, excuse me. Now we know that this God that we're serving is a real God. He is a relational God. He is a God who loves us because it says in his word, who was all God and all man. Jesus, when he was born, he was all God and he was all man. Now listen, I believe in the virgin birth, and I hope you do too, because if you don't believe in the virgin birth, you can't be saved. You've got to believe how God has set this up, and it's easy to believe who was God, he was both God and man at the same time. And since Jesus was born of a virgin, and you can find this, you can find that Jesus was born from a virgin, you can find this literally in Matthew chapter uh, one, verse 18, and that means that Jesus was fully God when he came to earth. He was fully God and he was fully man. And do you know why? Do you know why or how Jesus became fully God and fully man? If Jesus wasn't born of a virgin, if Jesus wasn't born of a virgin and just conceived by a mere man into into Mary's womb, it wouldn't have been God. He wouldn't have been God. It wouldn't have worked that way. The only way that Jesus could be born fully God and fully man was to be conceived by God the Holy Spirit and born of a virgin. And was born of a virgin and was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, born of a virgin, and his name is Emmanuel, as I've said to you. His name is Emmanuel. Today's message is Emmanuel, God with us in the time of a storm. In my 65 years of life, We've had a lot of different storms in our, in our nation and in our world. Hurricanes, earthquakes, uh, flooding, fires, just to name a few. Uh, most people invariably would ask the question, well, where is God in the midst of the storm? I mean, we're having these horrific storms, this stuff that's taking place in and around our nation and around our world. Where is God in the midst of all of this? Where is God? Now listen, I just want you to understand something. This is important to me, to you, for you. Just so you know, when you choose to follow God and you see within his word, you find in Hebrews chapter 13, verse five, it's not projected for you, but you will find in Hebrews 13, verse five, it says these words, God has said, neither will I leave you and never will I forsake you, is what God says. And what you and I need to understand is that when God makes a promise like that, he's going to keep his word. So where is God in the middle of a storm? He is with you. He is with you 
in the middle, in the middle of that storm is exactly where God is. Now, sometimes it's not just uh, storms that are that we see typically with the earthquakes and things. There are other storms that take place as well. Horrible storms that take place. The storm of divorce, the storm of, of fear and depression, financial storms, physical and, and mental health storms, relational storms with parents and kids and family and friends. There are storms of addictions. There are storms of, of, of abuse that take place. And unfortunately, a lot of people, when it comes to God, will blame God for the storms, or they were, they're going to question God. God, why are you allowing this to happen to us, is what they would say. I don't understand what's going on. Why is this taking place in our lives? Now, I don't know what kind of storms you've been through. I've been through a few. I've been through a diff few different storms in my life, and one of the ones I'm going to share with you very quickly is this storm that happened to me back in 20, 2012. I got caught up in a raging storm there. I'll be very quick. I'm going to cut my story down to moments. It would be July of 2020 that I was going to do a wedding here at Word of Life um, that Thursday afternoon. And at about, of course, every morning I get here at about 5 in the morning, 5.30 in the morning, maybe 6, and I'm here praying. And while I'm here praying, crying out to God, believing God, all of a sudden I got this thing going on in my chest. I started feeling something that I never had before. And I laid right there where Karen and Mike, Mark are, Karen and Mike are laying, and, uh, and I was trying to just lay on the to feel better, you know, and, and it was, it got worse. It didn't get better. And I ended up over here. I ended up laying right here on this spot and I am, got this, it's like this elephant is on my chest. It was like unbelievable. The pain was so great that was taking place. My tongue was curling as I was speaking. I'm, I'm speaking out loud to myself. This must be a heart attack that I'm having right now, you know, and all of a sudden it stopped. And the second that it stopped, it was gone. I mean, I didn't feel the thing. I know I'm a little sick, and I know I got a little bit of a problem. I'm even having a hard time going through my notes today. But anyhow, um, I, I chose not to tell anybody about that. I chose nobody to tell my wife. I didn't tell my wife. I didn't tell anybody about that because I had a funeral. I had a wedding to do a little bit later that, that day. That, in fact, the very next day, that first day would be the, the, the time of the rehearsal. So I didn't tell anybody what was going on. Well... After a total of, of four pains, I finally told my wife, and of course, she wasn't very happy with that, and then I had four more pains after that before my surgery. I had a total of eight pains that were unbelievably crazy as far as I was concerned, and according to the hospital, I was in critical condition when I got there. 98% my, my widowmaker was blocked, uh, it had blocked that artery, and again, they said that I was in critical condition. Needless to say, for me and Marianne, we started asking questions like we all do in the midst of a storm. What's going on here? What's taking place? Why is this happening to us right now? God, where are you in all of this? Why is this taking place? A lot to the story, but again, so much I'm going to go past and I'm not going to deal with, but my surgeon declared to me, my surgeon declared to me that, that I was in critical condition because I've had a total of eight of these pains. And the reality is, is that in most cases, when you have one of those kind of pains, it kills you then. There's, been, there's probably people that you know have never had a heart problem that they knew of, and boom, all of a sudden they have that and they're gone. Um, <clears throat> so Marianne and I had, had the, the realization that we were gonna have, I was gonna have open heart surgery. And uh, so we ended up having that. And the night before the surgery, 
uh, Marianne and I got a word from God. My wife came to me with a word from God that was absolutely amazing. And then what followed that was, what took place was the peace of God that came over Marianne and I. I know you know this, but they typically open you up from here to here open up your chest and they, they take out your heart and they do what needs to be done. It's a rather invasive kind of surgery and I know there's many here at Word of Life who have said, had something similar to that if not the exact same thing. So I'm not, I'm not the poor only guy that ever went through this. No, there's a lot of people who go through this. But we, we had this peace that passes all understanding and what happened was, is that, that that night before, it was the 5th of, it was the 5th of uh, November that I had the surgery. And... Um, and as they were wheeling me down the aisle, Marianne is with me, my brother Mike is with me. There's a few people that were with me as they're taking me down to have the surgery. There was such an amazing peace that was in that whole thing that God showed up. I'm emphasizing that for you because that's some of the things that God does for us when we go through the storms of our life. The Holy Spirit comes along and he has the power to give you and I the peace that passes all understanding. After the surgery was all done, I asked my, my surgeon uh, a few days after all of that, I said to him, I said, Doc, if, if I didn't get this done, how long do you think I would have lived? And he said, I think you would have been gone by Christmas of that year. So about four weeks, I would have uh, lost my life. And I'm just so grateful that God has saved us and God has done what he has done for us in all of that. In all of that. So people ask the question, where is God in the midst of the storm today? And what I want to talk to you about, I want to dig a little bit deeper and talk to you about um, the fact that God, Emmanuel, is with us. The key thought of today's message is, listen to this now, the main takeaway of the message is never, never, um, never allow the presence of the storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Let me say it again. Never allow the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. I want to go to Acts chapter 27, if you'll go with me there. We're going to look at, at some men who are on a boat in the middle of a massive, wicked, vile storm that's taking place. It's crazy. The storm went on for several days. The crew was absolutely terrified. They, they started throwing cargo over, overboard with hopes that the, the light of the ship, it won't be destroyed so quickly. So they're, they're believing. And they also believe that they're, they're all going to die. So go with me to, to uh, Acts 27 verse 20. Acts 27, verse 20, and it says these words, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we, uh, we finally gave up hope of being saved. Now, this verse bothers me quite a bit. They finally gave up hope of being saved. They were figuring that they're going to die. They figured that's what's going to take place. Now, this bugs me. It bothers me for a few reasons, but one of the greatest reasons is, is because I hear this so often. I hear so often, there's no hope. I hear so often that people just say, it's not going to work out. It's, it's over. So often I, I hear this verse. I hear it said often, I, there's just no hope. There's just no hope. People give up hope. No way the marriage is going to make it because uh, she cheated. He cheated. On, no way. It's not going to work. It's over. It's over. There's no hope. Or, or uh, never, never will we ever get out of this financial difficulty. We've been dealing with our finances ever since we were married. It's, there's no hope here. There's no hope of getting to the other side of this. There's no way to, to beat the cancer that they just found in me. They said, they said that I have six months to live. And or uh, maybe after the last semester, your thought process is, there's just no way I'm going to be able to graduate very soon because of what's going on with me at, at school or, and or COVID. Of course, COVID always comes up. COVID is the nemesis that we have to deal with, but maybe it's even that. Go with me to 2721. 
After that, he, after that uh, had, had gone, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete, then you would have spared yourselves and the damage of this loss. Now, listen, as far as I'm concerned, as Paul is speaking this way to those sailors and the different ones that were, were there, of course, I believe that what, uh, I believe that what, for a moment, that I don't want you to believe for a moment that, that Paul is just being a jerk. He's not just being a jerk because he wasn't a jerk. But the fact of the matter is, this storm was horrible, and it was their fault. The reason it was their fault is because they went against what Paul said. Now, of course, most Christians are, are out to blame the devil for everything that takes place. And the truth of the matter is, yes, so often the devil is guilty of being in the middle of things that he shouldn't be in the middle of. But sometimes, my friend, listen, it's not the devil. Sometimes you need to understand it's your own dumb fault that you're going through what you're going through right now. Now, I love you, and I hope you'll allow me to be a little bit brutal today, but I want to speak about this. Even though I'm having a little bit of a hard time today talking, for whatever the reason is, I just want to let you know that, that uh, sometimes we have to be very honest with one another. So sometimes you're in the middle of the storm because it's you. It's your problem. It's what you have done. It's what you decided to do. You spend too much money. And you're always crying that you don't have enough money. And then to put on top of that, you go to the casino hoping that you're going to get more. And you never do. <laughs> you never get beyond what they give you there. You're not going to become wealthy because of that. Maybe because of emotions got the best of you and all of a sudden you started saying things and you said something you shouldn't have said. That was your fault. You shouldn't have done it. It wasn't the devil's fault. In the storm, uh, in, in the storm sometimes that we're in, uh, we, we deal with all kinds of things. And the fact of the matter is, is maybe you're someone who procrastinates. I don't know if you know anybody that does that, but man, it can drive you nuts sometimes. Your, your family, your friends, your coworkers, you procrastinate all the time. Why do you do that? Uh, it's not the devil's fault that you failed your exam. Um, it, it, it's your fault. It was your fault for eating, for eating Domino's pizza and beer until two in the morning on the night of your, on the night of your test, your exam that you're going to be taking place. And, uh, and sometimes, sometimes uh, you're in a storm because uh, everybody told you not to date him. Everybody told you not to get involved with this guy. Your mama told you not to date him. Your daddy told you not to date him. Your pastor told you not to, pay to date him. Your best friend told you not to date him. Your fortune cookie told you not to date him. <laughs> and you just argued, argued back, but he is so cute. And he is, has so much potential. And you dated him anyway, and now you're in a storm. That was your fault. It wasn't the devil's fault. It was your thought. Because you thought he was so cute and had so much potential. Let's go back to Acts 27, if we can go there. Acts 27. Just so you know, Paul did tell the captain and that crew not to, not to uh, take the course of, that they were taken by leave, leaving Crete in the wrong direction and that they would suffer loss. And in fact, you can find all of that found in Acts 27, verses 9 and 10. But the upper level leadership had decided once and for all that we're not going to go the way Paul wants us to go. We're going to go the way that, that the captain says that we're to go. So for so many of those that were on the ship, you need to understand it wasn't their fault. 
It wasn't their fault. The captain decided to go this way, and that's what they were going to deal with. I want to ask you a question. Anybody ever been stuck in the middle of a storm? Ever been, ever been caught in the middle of a storm, and it wasn't your fault? Any of you ever done that before? I have. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't my fault that that or that or that happened. And the same would be with you. Maybe. Listen, my friend, maybe. Maybe you're here today. And maybe some years ago, your mom and dad didn't make it in that marriage. Your mother and father divorced. And I want to tell you, it was not your fault. If you've been sitting here for all these years, going through what happened with mom and dad. You know, when I was a youth pastor many years ago, back in 1983, 84, somewhere around there, I had a pastor buddy of mine come to me. And he was telling me about what was going on with his, with his, with his mom and dad. And the fact that they were moving toward divorce. And then when they did divorce, this guy came. And I'm telling you literally, this is what happened. Because it just killed him. And the fact that he felt that he was the reason for it. Because he went into full-time ministry. But I held this guy. And he and I wept. This, he was probably 30-something years old. Just wept over the fact that his mother and father divorced. Of course, we're still dealing with COVID. And I said these words back a couple of months ago, back in October, I said these words, everything, everything bad is up right now. The studies show us that addictions are rising in double digits every month. Alcoholism is rising. Porn is rising. Military suicide is up 20%. Depression and fear is at, is at an all-time high. And it's not literally your fault. It is not literally your fault. Maybe because, maybe because of COVID, you could, you can, uh, maybe you can, uh, uh, maybe because of COVID, you can tell that right now you're not doing so well spiritually. You're taking a hit spiritually because of all that is going on. And I want to give you that. I really do want to give you that, that, that if that be the case, that you're having a hard time connecting again with God because of everything that's going on, man. Everything that's going on. And honestly, I, I often feel for myself that this is why sometimes I just get caught. I, I stu stutter and stammer and lose my thoughts, you know. Anybody else doing that? Somebody please raise a hand and make me feel better. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So maybe if you're going through something like that with, with COVID yourself, I'm gonna give you that. I understand that that can distract you. But as a Christ follower, as a Christ follower, it's up to you and I that you and I need to be the ones who are going to overcome the world. We can't allow that to happen to us. Yes, there are assaults. Yes, there are things happening to us. But that doesn't mean that we put our tail in between our legs and go running away. No, we continue to fight. Thank you for the amen. You need to continue to believe and you need to continue to have faith. Or maybe, <coughs> maybe another thing that happened to you is that a really cl cl close friend, someone that you really loved, had betrayed you. Maybe they had done something for you. There are many things that can happen and sometimes when these kinds of things happen in our lives, it's easy to give up. It's just easy to give up, to give up hope. But never, never, never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. The story gets better. <laughs> never allow the presence of a storm to cause you to doubt the presence of God. No, you need to keep your faith you need to keep your faith. You need to, to dare, don't you ever dare to give up because God has got this. He said he would never leave you or forsake you, so don't you dare give up. Keep your courage, 
Keep trusting in God. Keep believing God. In Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, I learned this when I was a very young believer. Trust in the Lord. Here's how I would say it, and here's how I still say it. Trust in the Lord, Randy Chiz, with all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. You need to have one of those anchor kind of scriptures in your heart and in your life. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he, God Almighty, will direct your path. I want to let you know also that the storm will not take you down. Amen, Pastor. The storm will not take you down. Go with me to Acts 27. Thought I'd pick on you a little bit. Acts 27. Go with me to verse 22. Acts 27, verse 22. Where is 22 and 23? Hold on. Hold on, here it is. But now I urge you to keep your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, listen to this. Last night, an angel, an angel of, of, of the God to whom I belong and to whom I serve stood beside me. Did you hear that? I want you to get in your mind, into your heart right now. I know you're going through storms. I know you've got a lot of questions. So do I. But let's get into this thing with Paul and what's going on on the ship. We find here that, that Paul has this visitation of this angel all of a sudden to show up in the middle of the storm. How cocky is that? How incredible is that? That all of a sudden this angel shows up and Paul is in the middle of this horrific storm and this angel comes, he says in his scripture, he says in his scripture, he says, he, he stands beside him. Now listen, the Bible is very clear when we talk about angels. The fact of the matter is, God would send angels to intervene on behalf a lot. In fact, there's over 290 times in, in, the, in the Bible where it talks about the, the work of angels being done in the lives of people. Angels would, would be there to help us through. I don't know what you think about angels. How many believe in an angel here? Y'all believe in it? Good. Because I believe in them too, and I know that it's in the scripture. But something, I, I don't know what kind of experiences that you've had with angels, but one time, I'll never forget this, a few years back ago, here at Word of Life, on the center main, uh, whatever that is up there, um, on the screen, um, on the right side of the screen, all of a sudden people are talking and people are pointing and people are saying things, and uh, they said that they saw, they could see a face, they could see an angel up there. I don't know if that's real or not. I, I don't know if that's really what they saw. But the fact of the matter is, it's possible. It is possible. It is possible that an angel can be with us at any time, at any place. Actually, I do believe that there are angels that, that follow us around and, and that are with us. And I think the scripture can prove some of that. But listen, I want to I tell you a secret. Marianne wasn't able to come today, so she's not here. So this is just between you and me, okay? This is between you and, and, and I. My wife, Marianne, I call her Mac. Marianne, she is, I call her Mac. And uh, just so you know, Marianne thinks that I'm an angel. And I don't want you to ruin that for me. She thinks I am nothing but an angel. So, so don't you ever tell her the truth. Don't you ever tell her the truth. I love you, honey. I know you're listening. You're at home watching this service today. Just kidding. I'm not an angel. <laughs> you and I have no idea of the different ways that God himself wants to come to be with you. You and I have no idea all the different ways how God wants to come and be with each and every one of us. But we do know this, that he is with you 
and in you in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. This deserves a very good amen, maybe even a little bit of an applause afterwards. He is with you and in you in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Come on, give me an amen. Amen. If you are a follower of Jesus, then the Holy Spirit dwells in you. I don't know, maybe there's somebody online, maybe there's somebody who is here today who really don't understand who the Holy Spirit is. He's the third person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And it would be Jesus and God the Father who both declare that with the Holy Spirit that it's not by might, it's not by power, it's not by strength that you have, wisdom that you have, ability that you have, it's by my Spirit is what God says. It's by the Spirit of God. We turn to the Spirit of God. We believe on the Spirit of God to move within us. God the Holy Spirit God, the Holy Spirit is with you. The Holy Spirit is directing your life is what the scriptures declare to us when you are feeling lost. You and I have no idea the ways that God is actually with you. You have no idea. I have no idea, but let me give you some of the ways. You and I have no ideas of the different ways that God God would want to work in your life. You and I have no ideas of the ways that God would want to help you through to the other side of the storm that you have. You need to cry out to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we see within the scriptures that it's the Holy Spirit who lives in us and moves in us and directs us and leads us, gives us the ideas, gives us the thoughts, the direction that we need to go. The Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us the power, the presence of the Holy Spirit, he dwells within us. If you have the Spirit of God, if you called out to Jesus, and if you called on the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is the one who lives inside of us. And, uh, and he being a third person of the Trinity will get us to the other side of our, our pain. If you've said yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, he resides in you. The body, uh, this body is the temple of the living God. He dwells in us. He goes before us. The Holy Spirit is completely ready for your tomorrows. Even though your tomorrow may not be here yet, God is hearing your prayers. God has a plan for you. I believe that right now the Holy Spirit is comforting some of you as you're listening to this online, wherever you may be. Maybe you're hearing these words and all of a sudden it's penetrating you. You can hear, you can sense, you can feel that something is in me right now. And I believe it's the Holy Spirit just, just quickening you. The Holy Spirit wanting to give you a hope and to give you direction for whatever it is that you're dealing with to be able to overcome the fears and the doubts that you're dealing with pertaining to whatever is going on. Maybe it's with the elections. Maybe it's with corona. Maybe it's with whatever, whoever. The Spirit of God is the one who wants to lead you and I. Never, never let the presence of the storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Never allow that to happen. Even in the presence of a terrible storm. Um... Even in the presence of a horrible storm, never let that storm ever be defeated because of fear that you would have. In another powerful story of some disciples, different boat, different storm, this will be quick. Actually, Jesus is sound asleep in this boat. Many of us know the story from beginning to end, but let me share it this way. Jesus is sound asleep in this boat and a storm begins and of course the disciples, they're scared out of their wits. They're freaking out. They're crying like a bunch of girls. God, there's something going on. And all, all of a sudden, one of them who, as they're freaking out, they cried out to Jesus and said, Jesus, Jesus, don't you care? We're going to die. Jesus, this storm, don't you care? So Jesus stands up to his feet and he says this, simple. 
This is God. This is what he can do for you. This is what he can do. He stood up and he said, peace, be still. That's all he said was peace, be still. And immediately, you can look it up for yourself. Look it up in Matthew chapter 8. Immediately, the storm is raging. The winds and the waves then all of a sudden come perfectly calm. Perfectly calm. The waves were calm. So many people would wonder, well, why did, why did they experience the peace, this peace in this boat? Well, I want to tell you why they experienced the peace in the boat. It was not because the storm stopped, but it was because Jesus was in the boat. Listen, listen, please. Peace is not found in the absence of a storm. No, real peace is found in the presence of Jesus. And I'm here to tell you, my friend, you need Jesus. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, Maybe you've known Jesus before and you've walked away and you're, you're coming back. That's great. But you need Jesus. I need Jesus. Real peace isn't found in a trouble-free life. You will never have that in this world. In fact, Jesus says to us himself, Jesus tells us that it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a difficult life. He says in John chapter 16, verse 33, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you might have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Your, you, will, you will and I will have those storms of life, but there's a promise that comes from God. Take heart, for I have overcome the world. Never, ever lose heart. Never lose hope for what God can do for you and I. Real peace is not found in the absence of trouble, but real peace is found in the presence of Jesus. He is Emmanuel. He is with you. He is, he will never leave you and he will never forsake you according to the word of God. Whatever storm you may be in right now. In fact, I'm gonna ask if you would, would you please just bow your heads and close your eyes? Stay seated. But I would like you to consider something with me. Whatever storm you're in right now, that storm didn't surprise God at all. Because God is doing something in you through this storm. God is looking to give you something as a result of you getting through to the other side. Our Heavenly Father is speaking to you right now. I believe that through what is being said from this pulpit right now, that the Spirit of God is speaking to you. I believe through the worship service that we've had today, the move of God in that time, God is speaking to you and I. He's strengthening you. He's deepening your, your roots. Again, for Word of Life Online or Word of Life at this campus, according to Acts 27, verse 25, Acts 27, 25. So keep your courage, men. Keep your courage, for I have found faith in God that, that it will happen just as He told me, just as He told me. Keep your courage, men. Keep your courage. Ladies, keep your courage, teenagers. Keep your faith and your trust in the Lord. Let there be faith. Paul says in verse 25, he says, for I have found faith in God. All of a sudden, God showed up, and there was a faith that came in me that I wasn't having a few moments ago. God is able to get me to the other side. God is able to get me there. My faith is not in the ship because my faith is in the one who commands the wind and the waves. Give me an amen. Keep your heads bowed and eyes closed if you would please as I close off. It says in Psalm 46, verses one through three, 
God is our refuge and our strength and ever present help in the time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth will give way and the mountains may fall into the heart of the sea, though the, its waters roar and foam, the mountains quake and they're surging. God is our refuge and our strength. We have no fear because He, Emmanuel, is with us. God is with us even in the storm. He is with us. Because He is with us, we're not afraid. Because He is with me, I know He will never leave me and I know He will never forsake me. Emmanuel, my God, who is my strength and my comforter, He is my source. He is my redeemer. He is my righteousness. He sticks closer to me than a brother. He is the rock on which I stand. The Holy Spirit, the living God himself, he is the gate through whom I enter into my life because he is with me and he is for me. Peace is, peace is not found in the absence of the storm. Peace is found like right now in this room. Right now in this room, there is peace because Jesus is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. Never let the presence of the storm, never let the presence of the storm cause you to doubt the presence of God because he's with you in the midst of the storm. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, maybe today, for those of you who are online, for those of you who may be here at Word of Life, Maybe today you are just sensing a tug in your heart that, man, maybe I should do something with this God thing. Maybe I should make a move toward God as never before, or maybe you did walk away and you're, you're just feeling a conviction in your heart. You know, I got to get back with God. And God would welcome you, man. He's not mad at any of us. He loves us. So today, while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I want to make an opportunity for you to receive Christ. And I'm going to pray a simple prayer, and I'm going to ask you to pray that prayer with me aloud. You don't have to speak it loud. You can whisper it however you want to do it. But I want you to pray a prayer of receiving Christ. And you, I'm not asking you to join Word of Life. It's not that at all. It's what I'm asking you to do is to open your life to Jesus and let Him begin to be the Lord and the leader of your life. So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, let me just ask you to pray this prayer with me. If this is you wanting to receive Christ, dear Lord Jesus, come on, say that. Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I ask you to become, come on, say that. I ask you to become the Lord and leader of my life as I give my life to you today in Jesus' name. Now listen, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I just want, I just want people to take a moment, if you would just raise your hand, and if you are here today and this is the first time or maybe it was a renewal that you've done with God that you gave your life to Jesus, would you just give me a quick wave? Just give me a quick wave. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Are there any others? Come on, give me, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'd never do that. If anybody else over here, online, thank you over here, dear. I thank you for doing that. I appreciate that. For those online, you can be able to go to um, online and you will be able to find where you can be able to make that decision for Christ as well. I'm going to close off with prayer and just ask God's blessing as we leave out of here today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your grace with us. Thank you for helping us to get through this and we thank you for it in Jesus name and everybody said amen come on let's give God the glory amen. thank you Pastor Randy